Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated beat writer for the Panthers, Skylar Callahan, and Panthers all-time lead and rusher, Jonathan Stewart, in the house. Uh, kind of a condensed episode tonight because uh, we got a condensed week. Pan- uh, Panthers turning right back around, playing on Thursday against the Chicago Bears on the road. Uh, Joey Christopoulos, the host of Believe in Bears, is going to stop by in a little bit uh, to talk about that and help preview it. Um, we're going to take a look at the box score like we normally do. Uh, before I even get to the reads and everything else, uh, Stu, looking good, man. I oh, appreciate it, man. You know, like, like I said, good. man, got to keep people on their toes. Like you sophomore yeah. year in college. Like, like you're doing great. <laughs> <We're gonna fall. laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, might, I, might, I might make a comeback if we made the playoffs. Uh-oh. We oh God, <laughs> the Panthers. You run a, You want to run behind that line? Uh, ooh, I'm gonna jump over. Go line, jump over. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get into this. Uh, this whatever was affecting uh, Iki Aquanu earlier in the season, I feel like it has spread across the entire offensive line because there were some plays on Sunday where it looked like all four dudes that were <laughs> that were rushing after uh, Bryce Young were already back there within like two seconds. There's a there's a picture going around. I know y'all probably seen it by now. There's everyone's facing Twitter. Yeah, Bryce. everyone's facing Bryce on our, on our <laughs> offensive line. They're turned around facing him. All four of the dudes they were blocking are in front of them, about to hit Bryce, and like it's made its rounds around Twitter and every place else. I, I, they I, always I, say it's oh, never God. a good sign if you ain't blocking nobody and you're watching your quarterback get yeah. shot. <laughs> and, there's, and there's two other offensive linemen like five yards up the field standing beside each other blocking nobody, and it's like, what is going on? So we're gonna get to the, that because I'm pretty sure by now. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. There's a lot of Mad Panther folks uh, that are wanting to throw a lot of people under the bus. We'll kind of figure out who deserves to get the blame and who doesn't, and all that stuff. Maybe everybody does. Um, before we get to that, though, and Joey will be on a little bit after six o'clock to preview uh, Panthers Bears Thursday night Amazon Prime. I think it's an eight thirty kickoff. I'll check on that before we get out of here. But uh, before we do. A word from Bet Online, our sponsors. Uh, football is back. Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts and where we typically start is the box score from the previous week's game. Carolina Panthers fall to 1-7 and seven overall, 1-3 and three at home, falling 27-13 to, to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, 
the one the, the one thing that I didn't really realize until after the game was over, the Carolina Panthers defense basically with practice squad players at this point and lost Brian Burns during this game. Uh, Justin Houston didn't even suit up in this game. I put on an R. Uh, you're just missing so many pieces. They held the Colts to under 200 yards total offense, and we gave them two pick six touchdowns. Oh, and, it's even more than that, technically. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to put a little bit of shine the on way, went in, but <laughs> the, the way I look at it is like obviously Bryce gave up the two pick six touchdowns, and then you give the first their first points of the game, defense gets a stop, then your special team decides to line up offsides on a dang punt, oh. and that gives puts the defense right back on the field. So I can't really blame the defense for that. So that's 17 points. Yep. And then the whole Xavier Woods thing, it being a unnecessary roughness or not, that to me that's a clean shot. Yeah, exactly. Every everybody in the box was sitting there saying it was a clean shot, and I thought it when it happened, and I, when I saw it on the replay five hundred times, I don't understand how that was a flag. Two plays later, they're in the end zone, so that's four more extra points that they got on that possession. Maybe maybe seven. Who knows? They could have missed a field goal. So I mean, the fact that they they did what they did, considering all the injuries and how much Bryce and the special teams and the refs helped them on those particular uh, plays, it's kind of impressive. Ajero Vera, this is why he's going to be a head coach. Um, I, I don't want to get too into the, into the details about it, but there is an NFL team out there. Um, that I know will be very in on Avero potentially at the end of the season. Carolina? Um, <laughs> Carolina might need to start having these conversations themselves because we we have been very uh, patient with Frank Wright and the staff, and we've known what's on the staff. We've been hyping them yeah. all offseason. But I think this, this past well, Sunday was when I kind of turned a corner on maybe we need to start looking at some of this because some of this from what the fans are throwing out there – Actually, probably. I mean, we're at the halfway point of the season now, and courtesy brings up. I have a gut feeling that after Thursday, Scott Fitter may be relieved of his duties. Do you catch a vibe that Fitter is on a hot seat at this point? Because looking back at some of these drafts and things of that sort, they've always done it half and half. Like when when Tepper bought the team and he finally let Rivera and that coaching staff go and cleaned out Cam Newton and all that stuff, he kept Marty Herney. He kept the GM from the previous regime, but he cleared out the coaching staff. And then he did it in reverse again. He let Marty Herney go. And, like, he's never cleaned it all out at one time. So right. Fitter was here when he when he hired uh, Frank Wright and that whole thing. So you never get a sense that they're completely tied together. Uh, and that's the sense I'm starting to get now. What, what You're in the building all the time. Do you catch a vibe that Fitter is – uh, on a hot seat yet, or do you do you think they have the patience to wait this out and, and do the long game? I think you gotta question. have you gotta have the patience, right? I mean, I mean, you should, but when we when we talk when we talk about the reset button, we are experiencing the reset button every single week, right? Yeah, this sucks. The there's no way about it. Besides to say that this sucks. If you're a Carolina Panther fan, it just sucks because you're showing up to a game and you expect results. Um, but the reality is that our team, they're just not getting it done right now. And 
I think, you know, it just it's a repeating cassette player, right? Like a broken record. You know, new coaching staff, quarterback situation, schemes on offense might not fit certain players that you have playing in on the depth chart. Um, and maybe these guys cannot reach their full potential. Um you know, in that locker room. I don't know. Like maybe it's, you know, a, a year from now we find guys in the free agent, free agency where you, this does fit the mold. Right. Um, but it's still, you still got eight games. Right. And at this point, this is part of that, you know, those growing pains. And it's, it's hard to look at because you see everyone's, you know, comparing Bryce Young to, to Stroud right now and Ooh, how the performances of their of their seasons are going. Um, but, I mean, and you have every right to, to have your, your feelings and your thoughts about it, but the reality is is that they are just equipped way different than we are, period. And so you can't just go and start saying fire this person, fire that person under a new regime. You got to give it some time. Like I said, it's a it's a reset button and it's growing pains. Pain hurts. It doesn't feel good. So I, was, I know Skyler was high on CJ Stroud coming into the draft until right towards the end. We all kind of shifted towards Bryce. Um, but this idea that's on social media right now that everybody was on CJ Stroud and then we just went the whole other direction and now we look like clowns for it. That is not what happened. <laughs> that is not what happened historically. Like, like if you go back to what everybody was talking about, everybody kind of wanted Bryce. We had the Believe in Texans host on two weeks ago, and they were like, they wanted Bryce Young. Like everybody wanted Bryce at number one. I think what's happening with Panther fans, you're not mad that they picked Bryce Young. You're mad at a culmination of four years of just yes. all kinds of it's a build. It's not up. just it's not just this year. Everybody has to remember. Why you're mad? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you're, you're, you've been mad. For, <laughs> you've been mad. You've been mad for five years, <laughs> including this year, and you know we get that. It doesn't just even if even if we were you turn it around. Even if we were had a winning record right now, if we lost Thursday, right, and we had a winning record, people would have something to say mm-hmm. because you're still built up. On all this anger from the past, right? CJ so Stroud, CJ Stroud you got that's why I say you got to hit the reset button. You got to wipe it clean. You got to be like Men in Black. Got to put that little device, that little pin, yeah. and say beep. But memory but loss. The franchise isn't doing that. I think that's what the fans are stuck on. Because again, like you hire a new, a whole new coaching staff, but you kept the GM that was here for two years prior. So it's like things are overlapping. Because I, I see people yeah. saying Scott Fitter should be on the hot seat. Maybe he should, because looking at the drafts he's been here for the past, how long has he been in trades? Trade? And trades, like trades. we don't have a lot of draft collateral because of the 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 picks that we gave away for multiple middle of the road quarterbacks to get to this point. To get to Bryce Young, you basically had cleared out the offensive skill position room before that. Like no Christian McCaffrey, and look and look no, what you got for McCaffrey. Yeah, no DJ Moore. Like look what you got back from him. You just got that one pick. That was it. So like you basically dropped in a rookie quarterback. At the time when Fitter was saying the team was, you know, a quarterback away, they just wanted to drop quarterback in and go. 
they had that. They got rid of those pieces, and then they got the quarterback. <laughs> they let they sent McCaffrey here. They sent more over here. They did Gold all the Robbie Anderson. Yeah, they, they sent all the pieces away, and then they got the quarterback. So now you got the quarterback. Yeah, but he didn't have anything to throw to or hand off. Like he didn't have anything around him. And let's just go ahead right here, three of us collectively, and go in on the offensive line for about three minutes because this before, is the, before you do that. <laughs> before you do that, I want to bring up two things. One more bad news: Luigi Valane on on uh, IR with a knee injury now. Who? Luigi Valane, outside linebacker. He just played in his first game. They just got him from the Vikings a few weeks ago. Was playing at outside <laughs> linebacker. So now they're down. They're top with Burns being out on Thursday. There's no way. Top five off the, their top five outside linebackers will not be available on Thursday night. Secondly. When I made this really dumb face probably a couple minutes ago, I just happened to I just happened to go look at what I said last year on the quarterback draft class, and I had my rankings there, and I had CJ one for the the reasons you would expect. Number two, this is where I, I kind of forgot what I said. This one kind of hurts a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I said under Bryce Young. There's a big drop-off in this class after Stroud, in my opinion. Yes, Young has an extremely talented arm and is a true threat with his legs, but the size worries me to death. If I were a QB-needy team, here's the part. If I were a QB-needy team outside of the top five, I wouldn't make a trade to go up and grab him. There's too much risk here. There's more to it, but that part right there, where mm-hmm. I, I said you, I would not go up and trade for him. I mean, again, I, I don't I – don't, this I don't have a lack of faith in Bryce. I, I do think he is the right guy, but uh, that's 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 a tough deal. I will I will say this now, Bryce. Bryce finally had a bad rookie game. Like we've been kind of yeah. waiting on him just to have one, and all of them are going to at some point. Uh, he just happened to have one on the same day that his counterpart, that he's being compared to C.J. Stroud, threw for 470 yards and five touchdowns, including a game-winning drive in the final seconds to win, and it happened on the same if that, day. <laughs> if that happened last week, C.J. had that type of game, and Bryce had what he did Sunday last week when they oh, faced each other. Oh goodness, boy, it would Bryce's, not be good. The comments yeah, would not have been good. The comments would have been crazy. They would have been like, "Fire everyone!" Yeah, Which they, they are right <laughs> now. <laughs> they are. I mean, um, they, they were still like, "Ah, oh, we still should have picked C.J. Fire everybody. Get everybody out of here." Yeah. I will say this: uh, that was not the offense. That was the worst the offensive line has looked all year collectively we've been really hard on Iki Aquanu, uh because we've seen it we've seen him look like a turnstile at times where dudes are just running by him there yeah. were times where there was multiple jail breaks like coming from the middle of the line coming in to Bryce where he literally only had I don't know a second second and a half to figure out what to do with the ball before there's like three white Colt jerseys in front of him chasing him down some two of those picks were due to pressure in my opinion where he just tried to get the ball out one of those sailed on him, like over, I think it was Miles Sanders, like sailed over Miles right into the waiting hands of a defender. Um, but they, the, my problem is that, having said all that, the turnovers, all that other stuff, they still only held, they held the Colts under 200 yards total offense. And without the two pick sixes, they really only scored, what, 14 points on offense? Like, it's still one of those games where if you scrape all the penalties we had, if you scrape away all the stuff we did wrong, they're right there. But I don't know which way they're going. Are they going where they're closer to like right there, or are they going the other way? Like, because they were the past two weeks, they were doing okay on uh, penalties, and that just exploded on Sunday. Like false starts and just 
untimely penalties. Too. Yeah, just at the wrong time, yeah, wrong like time. Uh, the, the 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 targeting and all that kind of stuff. I mean, even even the far. first the first offensive <laughs> drive of the game, Chuba has two carries for nine yards. You're at third and literally like two inches, and then Brady or not Brady, I'm sorry, geez, Bradley Bozeman gets a snap infraction or some sort of false start, and now it's third and six. Because everybody your play call goes, your your chances of converting that drop significantly, and I, I don't know what the, the big issue is with the offensive line. I can understand the issues early on when they had a mix of guys in there and they're rotating a bunch of guys. Zavala was in as a rookie, like I get that, but you're at the point now where Corbett's got two games in, and again, he's it's going to take some time for him to get back to his true self. But four of the five guys starting right now were a part of that offensive line that was so dominant last year when they won a bunch of games down the stretch. So my big question is, what what's the big drop? What What's causing that drop-off? I mean, Campin's the same guy. Like, like it's the same coaching. Uh, it's or the, the same coach line. In that room. <laughs> to, me, to me, and Stu, Stu probably has the best answer out of, any, out of all of us because he played in the NFL. He knows this stuff. But – to me, it would almost have to be something with the scheme, right? Even though Campen's still coaching it, he may be coaching to a different scheme in terms of the run blocking, the pass protection. There's got to be something there with the scheme because we've already talked about it numerous times about how their, their, their run style is more different. They're more of a zone team than they are a power trap slam type of team. Mm-hmm. But pass protection, I don't know. I mean, Stu, do you have, do you have any answer on this? Uh, I could say for the run game, <laughs> uh, just if you look, if you look at the last game, you know, and we talked about this a little bit, like window dressing, right? And they have been window dressing, but mainly what window dressing does, it moves the eyes yeah, of the defender, right? And it gets guys moving. Um, what's hard about you know the run game right now is. There's a lot of inside runs, which I love inside runs. I love, you know, getting up in the middle and being physical and moving the chains the hard way. Because at some point along the game, you're going to need those yards the hard way. Um, so just kind of, you know, presenting yourself, you know, in, in that in that element as the more physical team um, is important. Uh, and then they run a lot of mid zone plays um mid zone meaning you have the option to you know cut back cut up or bounce it right yeah then it bounces uh, and so there's not a lot of outside runs though yeah. and there uh, there was a run that Miles Sanders had and I believe it was a mid zone play um right and he bounced it Right. And he got into space and seeing Miles Sanders in space is very pretty because <laughs> yeah. he like he stiffed on the stiffed on the guy, um, got up to the sideline real quick, picked up the first down. Like, you know, and, and, and what that that play distinguished for me was separation, like getting away from the pile of junk that's so focused in the middle. Middle to mid. If I'm a defense and I know that's all you're running, I ain't got to look no further. 
if I see run, if I see a run cue, I, I know where I need to tap into. I know where I need to be. I know what you know gaps to get ready to fill. Um, but so during that game, once you start seeing you know the, you know Bryce feeding the guys in the flat, you know fitting, um, you know guys in in the passing game in the fat in the flats to the running backs, getting them spread out, it it made their offense produce. That's when they had that drive, that drive where they scored um, with Chark. Um, and I think that makes it easier for the offensive line because it's not so fo- – the defense isn't so narrowed in on what's happening right in front of them. You got their eyes playing elsewhere. You got their bodies having to move elsewhere. And it just helps the offensive line not be so, you know, pressured – you know, to to make, you know, all the solidified blocks that will make plays go, essentially, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But um, so, I mean, it, it could be scheme. Like, I mean, it could be a little bit of that. It could be a mixture of a lot of things. I mean, at the end of the day, it could be injuries. It can be guys not feeling 100 um, percent. But I do know that, you know, mixing things up. Um, goes a long way. I was not a fan of outside runs, by the way, when I played. <laughs> <laughs> but I understood. I understood the Important. need for the toss. Yeah. I understood the need to to get guys thinking that I'm going outside so I can set it up for the inside cut. And so, and, and to give give some relief to my offensive linemen to get them in space because sometimes they like to play in space too. Yeah, because I mean, like the the toss plays to me. Or, or the, even the stretches, they're they're almost to get the, the defense to, to overplay things, right? Right. I mean, you especially want, you want them to, especially to a speedy linebacker group. You want to you want them to overshoot, over pursue, and then that way you you've got the inside that you can cut back up, like Stu said. And I think another element to it could be, I don't know. I, I noticed I pointed this out or mentioned it one time during the game in the press box, and I, I kind of strayed away from paying attention to it the rest of the game just because I was working, but. It felt like some of these plays are just taking too long to develop in the past game. Like these route trees are almost too deep in, into the into the field. They need to go more quick underneath, intermediate. Stop trying to drag this thing out as long as you can possibly go. Like the, the ball needs to get out of Bryce's hands quick because they don't have guys that can win one on one consistently. So I mean. I, I'm looking at, at slants, screens, tunnels, balls in the flat. Like, just you've got to get the ball out quick. And I think there's too many times where the play's just taking forever to develop. If, 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 if you're a Panthers fan, you've been here for a while, it's starting to feel familiar because we've had some stretches where we've had offensive coordinators where it's almost like old school versus new school in my mind. Like, there's a there's an old school way of calling the plays in terms of what you're expecting and what you're hoping to get from the offense. And then there's like a new kind of Sean McVay kind of way to run an offense. Doug Peterson type of spread type deal. It feels like we're in that we got two routes on this play and you got to go to this guy on that play. If that's not there, then the whole play is shot. Like, And you're yeah. going to have to wait about four seconds before all this is developed in the first place. That sounds familiar to Panther fans. If you've been here for a while, we've had a couple stretches where we had some OCs that were calling the same type of stuff. Um, and that's what it feels like. But the funny thing to me was, what have we heard all year? Uh, 
Frank Wright needs to stop calling plays. We need Thomas Brown there to call plays. Soon as Thomas Brown, game two of Thomas Brown calling plays, soon as the game is over, I hop on Facebook. Maybe we need to fire Thomas Brown because <laughs> Thomas Brown's not doing what I thought he was going to do. Oh, man. The world like, is in, listen, the world is impossible. Twitter is impossible. You got to be always mad at somebody. Yeah, cannot please him. Hey, got, he, here's the you, thing. Man, the best thing that everybody can do is just kumbaya <laughs> and just hit the reset. Relax. Lucky, Relax. Lucky, lucky for Panther fans, we don't have to wait till Sunday to go through this again. We get to do it in a couple of days. Thursday night, football, Amazon Prime. And who better to uh, help us try to figure out if we even have a shot to – I don't even know how we got to this point. Do we have a shot to beat the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football on yes. Amazon Prime? I, yes. I, would, I would like to think so, but – uh, this guy might be able to talk us, uh, you know, back into the uh, off the ledge or whatnot. Uh, Joey Christopoulos, he is the host of Believe in Bears here on the Believe Podcast Network. Let me get that uh, overlaid down. What's going on, Joe? How you doing? Uh, gentlemen, so great to see you, Des, man. Um, long time. Um, always great to be back with you, Skylar, Jonathan. Great to meet you guys for the first time. Uh, I was sitting in the green room. I have to admit, there's a familiarity of phrases that I've been hearing that felt very... <laughs> Like home to me, uh, clean house, um, offensive line, uh, lack of weapons, future of the quarterback. It's like walking into a house and smelling that your favorite dish from uh, from down the hallway. Uh, so excited to talk to you about Bears Panthers as the whole world stops and all eyes fixate on Thursday night football for Bears versus Panthers. Uh, so we're sitting there thinking about uh, all the random Panthers that are on random teams. Well, really, it's not even random. It's the 49ers and the Bears. So it feels like we sent off everybody to those two teams and Buffalo. Like, yeah, we got assistant GMs and coaches up in Buffalo. We got DCs and top three MVP candidates out in San Francisco. You've got our wide receiver who, while he was here, no one would claim was a number one wide receiver. As soon as he's gone, oh, you traded away your number one wide receiver. What are you doing? Like, we are in this contradictory world here in Pantherland where the the fan base says one thing, they want this. We want it, we want it, we want it, we want it. Then they get it and it doesn't work. And they immediately like, we never wanted this. Get this out of our face. We want this. <laughs> like, give us this. And like, I don't know if our owner is trying to appease them or everything everyone said about the owner is off base because no one knows what the owner's thinking and they're just assuming that he's doing these things. Cause we talked about this last year, Skylar. We've only heard David Tepper talk like four times. <laughs> like, how do we know uh, what he's doing? I mean, yeah. I, this is this is my fourth season covering the team, and I personally have never talked to him. And I think I've, I, I think I, I've been a part of maybe two press conferences since he's been here. And in those situations, there are only like a handful of questions you can get. Mike, you know, Mike's pass around, whatever. But it's. It's it's not a, a, a rare, it's a, it's a rare occurrence, and that was him introducing coaches. Probably, I would think, like new head coaches. Well, the, the, yeah, firing they're one. firing. Yeah, <laughs> they're firing one of them. Uh, Joey, I'm going to start you off the way we have the past couple of weeks when we've had Believe hosts come in to help us preview. Uh, what's the one thing about your team right now that you hate the most? Oh, <laughs> let me pull it out. Um, look, I. For, for for us personally, um, and it's an unfortunate thing because I think since we fired Lovey Smith, we are on our fourth head coach. Um, it's the coaching staff. Um, it's the head coach, and and clearly, if you roll it back to last year, obviously we were trying to, to I mean I don't know about Tank. No one wants to intentionally lose games, but we were trying to position ourselves for a high draft pick, especially in that last month or so. But there was a couple of calling cards with our Chicago Bears team that you could at least kind of 
say, okay, we can kind of hang our hat on this. Um, we were, I think, top five in the least amount of penalties. We played relatively clean football. Uh, we were covering spreads. We were in games in the fourth quarter, but we were losing. And a lot of Bears could kind of Bears fans could kind of swallow that, and also with the ascendance of Justin Fields. Um, this year, unfortunately, has been the complete opposite. We've been a sloppy football team, completely undisciplined. We are the team that comes out of a timeout and gets a delay of game. Uh, we are the type of team that will give you a back-to-back false start just to really make you feel good about yourself. Um, That's so, us. <laughs> you just described yeah, it. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> you were talking, looking in the mirrors. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's probably the part that's been really, really difficult. And then obviously, um, this is a larger conversation, but um, honestly, the other thing that I hate right now is a large swath of our Chicago fan base right now um, that we've been trying to figure out the quarterback position. We've been trying to figure it out for 30 years. And let's be honest, we do have to ask ourselves at some point, do we really even know what elite quarter play, quarterback play looks like in this town? I'm not sure that we do. And now we're pulling ourselves into these gymnastics of this Tyson Bajan versus Justin Fields. And it's been really disappointing to see, unfortunately. And as we trend a little bit closer and the losses continue to pile up and we start looking at that draft pick, it's only going to get more emphasized as the season goes along. Um, And thankfully, we'll see what happens if Justin Fields plays in the next couple of days. But I'm telling you guys right now, and you guys know this, this is must-win territory for the Chicago Bears. Wow. I mean, they have to, <laughs> wow. they have they have to win this game on Thursday. We I mean, you guys look like we could talk about your side of the ball. I have some thoughts on some Panthers too as well, but I mean, man, the Chicago Bears have to win this game on Thursday. Must win. What do you what do you think of Deontay Foreman? Yeah. Where first of all, what I think about Deontay Foreman is that they they didn't dress him for the first 3 weeks of the season. Um I think that he is a classic case of you can play two edges of the sword, right? The first edge of the sword is the GM looks really smart for not paying a lot of money for a player like Deontay Foreman, while also it speaks to the problem that's going on with running backs in the NFL, because I think that he is a quality back. I mean, when the guy gets the ball, he's looking to hurt people. I think he's great between the tackles. I think he can get a car. I think he can get to the edge and I think he can make some plays. And honestly, that's what the Chicago bears team needs. And it was really interesting that we were so excited to see that old cliche and, and, and Jay Stu, you know what I'm talking about, that thunder and lightning a little bit of what Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman would look like in the backfield for the Chicago Bears. Well, unfortunately, they didn't dress Deontay Foreman for, for their first, I think, three games of the year. And then when they did, Khalil Herbert's on IR. So now he's been activated off of IR. I'm interested to see what that tandem looks like. Um, is he a long-term play for the Chicago Bears? I'm not sure. Um, but the dude clearly belongs in the NFL. And I think that he's one of those fantastic guys that, Unfortunately, I don't think his market value is ever going to represent his talent, but every offseason, whoever signs him is going to be like, great move. Bravo. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really messed up. I wish we would have kept him. And so does the rest of the Carolina Panther Nation. But, but if you look at – I looked at last – I looked at some of the highlights from last week. Um, I mean, my man finished with 80 yards, and y'all's quarterback threw three picks. <laughs> which means like he did every bit of what he could do in that game to help them win. You know what I'm saying? Like if you look at the, like, like quarterbacks right now is it, like, you're either going to want to get, this is, this is actually one of the things I was mad about Desmond. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you why we mad. I'm going to tell you why we mad. Son. When it comes to drafting guys, and I'm not even just talking about quarterbacks right now. Everyone's looking for the unicorn. Why? Mm. 
Why are we looking for the unicorns? I can answer that. Because they're conflicting we, NBA. We need NFL. thoroughbreds. Yeah. We don't need unicorns. We need thoroughbreds. We don't need a Victor Wimbayama. We need some horses, <laughs> some guys out there that's just going to go out there and work and make it happen. Make dudes. it happen. You need dudes. We need dudes. We need guys. You we need don't have it. <laughs> we, if we, the ones we have are on injury reserve, pretty much. Like I, I'm sitting there looking through the – you guys are going through it too. I'm almost afraid to click this full injury report link that I just clicked because uh, for oh, – That thing deep, boy. Ooh, so uh for the Panthers, God, do I want to it read take, it? It took me forever to type. <laughs> Steven Sullivan questionable, <laughs> Chenault's questionable. He didn't practice today. Uh Chark is questionable. Uh Wooten's on reserve. Burns is Burns is not gonna play. And the way yeah. I do respect the fact that Frank Wright uh in his press conference basically said, you know, even if he was cleared, I'd be reluctant to put him out there so quick after Sunday for a concussion, which shows me that you know he's a former player, he understands. Like, you don't just you almost have to protect the player from himself. And Burns ain't going to play Thursday, which is fine. He doesn't need to play Thursday. Uh, Haynes is on injured reserve. CJ Henderson got hurt Sunday. Uh, he got a concussion. He's not going to play out. Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Woods is questionable. Houston got put on injured reserve uh, Saturday. JC Horn's still on injured reserve. Um, Luigi Villain, who we just said. Yeah. yeah he's on IR. Uh, Jeremy Chin's on reserve. Uh, Yaturgos Matos is on reserve. Ian Thomas is on. When did he get put on reserve? He got put on Saturday. Uh, Just a couple weeks ago, I think. Oh, okay. Shaq Thompson's on injured reserve. He's pretty much out the whole year. Christensen's out for the year, injured reserve. Henry Anderson, defensive end, he's on injured reserve. Uh, And then right below it, now the Bears, you're doing a little better. You only got four guys I can see that are on injured reserve. Uh, Herbert's a big one for you guys. Uh, Do you expect Fields to play? It says he was limited on Tuesday. Do you expect him to play on Thursday? Uh, great question. I know for a fact that he was you throwing, spinning some balls you in want, New Orleans. You want, yeah, you want him to play on Thursday. Maybe oh, uh, a, a, a thousand percent. I mean, honestly, okay. like I'm a I'm a Justin Fields fan, and I think it's very fair and objectively very fair, especially in a results based business like the NFL, that we want to see as many snaps from Justin Fields as we possibly can before the season ends, um, so they can make an accurate determination of whether they want to stick with him or that they want to go with a high draft pick. We don't know where exactly that lands at this particular point. Um, do you get your pick at your top favorite guys? But no, I mean, I think there's plenty for Justin Fields to prove. I, I think for a lot of people, we kind of forget a little bit. I mean, he is, he unfortunately is in the inconsistent phase of his career, whether that ever smooths out to consistent is something that we can't predict because we can't predict the future. But before he got hurt, he had eight touchdowns over his last two games. Uh, he was dialing it up down the field pretty nice. Uh, he was playing really great football, especially from the pocket too, as well. And then when he got hurt, uh, what was it, three game, three weeks ago, um, he was not having a good first half. It was a little bit more of the Justin Fields that we has grown, we've grown frustrated with um, over the last year and a half. So I certainly hope that he does play. Um, we need as much uh, Justin Fields exposure as we possibly can to make the best decision that we can for our franchise moving forward. Joey, I gotta ask you. I mean, I, I don't understand. Maybe you can shed some light on this why the Bears made the move for Montez Sweat. I mean, this is a team that's clearly in a rebuild. We know they need a pass rusher, and that was probably something they were going to address in the offseason. Is that really the only reason why? Or is there? do they really feel like he could be a big part of turning this thing around? I definitely think the the offseason depth of available defensive linemen is going to probably be the company line. Um, and look, I can wrap my head around that, that if you look at the free agent options out there, 
Um, they probably aren't going to find that Montez Sweat caliber yeah. player, and they need it desperately. For me personally, it's a little bit of a thing that's kind of snowballing with our GM Ryan Poles right now where the guy comes in. Um, he says he wants to remake the roster, kind of do it from a top-down situation, but, I mean, he doesn't do anything with the offensive line the first year or the defensive line. He did draft Darnell Wright and try to bring in Nate Davis in the offseason to help out with the offensive line. But again, he punted on defensive line for the second year in a row. And I've been saying this on the show a little bit. I mean, honestly, it kind of does reek a little bit of a a level of arrogance, thinking that I can just go out and I can get the Demarcus Walkers of the world. We can rotate these guys in and now keep them fresh, and we can get production from that level. And then, oh, yeah, I can draft Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens um, two young guys and ask them to play substantial roles early on in their careers when they probably need to, you know, I don't know, play a rookie season and learn how to play in the NFL before you start depending on them for this type of production. So when you get out there, all of a sudden the defense is in complete shambles. You can't get to the quarterback at all, which we still can't. And you're all of a sudden now you're backed into the corner. And what do you do when you get back in the corner? You start spending draft capital um, to go up and get a guy like Montez Sweat. Is it an overpay? Absolutely. Did they front load the contract with $56 million in the first two years? So maybe it's a little more palatable when the Bears, in theory, are better. Yeah, 56, 56 first two years. Oh so, I goodness. mean, there's a machination to it that kind of has wow. me wrap my head around it. Is he a game breaker? I mean, we, we're, we're the city that got Khalil Mack five years ago, and literally we all ran into the streets and high-fived each other. Uh, I, this is not the cal- kind of caliber player that we're getting on the Chicago Bears, but it was it was the deal with the devil that he had to make, and let's just see again if that second round pick comes to bite us in the ass uh, in what four or five months. <laughs> I mean, hell, even Matt Rule drafted all defensive guys in the first draft that he had. I mean, crazy. Uh, Pass on Jalen Carter. We had Ogan Joby in the oh. building signed to a contract. His fail, he failed the physical with the knee, didn't work out. So he ended up signing with the Steelers, and then all of a sudden now he's productive. Who knew with the Steelers? Yeah. You pass on Jalen Carter, and now you're paying $25 million a year for Montez Sweat. To, to get a little bit more positive stuff in here for, for at least your side of this, this is something I ask somebody every week on this. Give us one or two people on the roster that maybe Panthers fans don't know about, but they should know. Ah, you ruined it. The second half ruined it because DJ Moore, <laughs> he's the light of my life. Yeah. <laughs> he's the light of my life. The dude cannot catch a pass. Uh, without hurting someone on the other end. I think it's in his contract that he gets at least five (laughs) yards after every catch. It's just a prerequisite that he handshakes with the NFL. Um, (laughs) I love watching that guy, honestly. Um, Uh, Never want to let him go. Uh, anyways, like uh, positive side girlfriend or something like, like <laughs> so glad that y'all. I'm so glad you're no longer dating because we ran to each other in the mall. And we can't we can't stay apart from each other. We love each other. We're so compatible. Like this is, this is so we're going bad. to we're going to the Hamptons next weekend. Yeah. Uh, you look well though. See you later. Um, <laughs> no, so positive things, guys. Maybe Panthers fans don't know about. I mean, let's let's try and highlight some of the positives. I do think we just talked about the draft. I do think right tackle Darnell Wright has put together some really impressive tape. Now, obviously, he's a rookie. He has a couple ups and downs here and there. Um, he had his first two holding penalties since week one last week. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, recency biases that he didn't play a great game. But I definitely think he's the type of guy that you can build an offensive line around. Um, he's got a nice little nasty to him. He's got great speed. For whatever reason, our offensive coaching staff loves pulling our offensive linemen. Um, so at least he's capable of doing that. Um does that create slow developing plays that don't really work out and end arounds and weird stuff that, you know, hasn't really worked out offensively? Sure. But I do really like Darnell Wright a whole lot. Um, and another guy, look, it's maybe a little bit more of a common name, but 
Cole Komet is quietly having a fantastic season. Um, obviously, he's always been a guy that we were hoping to be a red zone threat. You've kind of seen that from him already this season. He had a couple of touchdowns last week. And what's been really great about Cole Komet is that there's been a big knock on him where you know, he was really great in zone coverage, uh, able to find that space and run around and get to that open space to catch the football. But in man coverage, having a hard time, being a little too sticky, having a time getting off of it. But he's improved his footwork. Honestly, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's got himself in the right position to turn it upfield um, and, and get himself in positions to catch the ball. So he has been a lone bright spot. Um, man, I don't know. That is kind of it. That's kind of it for the Chicago Bears. And maybe, <laughs> I mean, guys, Hold on. It's, Hold on. It's, it's tough. I mean, let's be, I'll throw it back to you guys. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think we were thinking that we were going to win some playoff games this year, but we, the Panthers thought, I mean, we thought we were, both teams thought we were going to be more competitive, right? I we mean, we me like, oh, maybe this like, time of year, four we and five. Yeah, that's not going. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I got to, I got to go ahead and mention them. Uh, Harley from the Believe in Texans uh, pod is in the house, and he just he just stopping by, just strolling through the neighborhood. Just wanted to say, CJ Stroud four seventy passing yards. And See, here, here's the thing, God bless your franchise. Har- Harley must be one of these guys, and I know he, he's a great dude. We had him on the show, but he's one of these guys that he's sitting there enjoying all the good times. So he wants to go. Sh- Checking all these other bad yeah. neighborhoods and seeing how bad everyone else has. It. Just driving through these bad neighborhoods, like yeah, like mm-mm, mm-mm, hey, y'all got robbed tonight. <laughs> yeah, man, y'all look, got look, y'all y'all got hot water. Meanwhile, we meanwhile we're in our neighborhood fighting about how we should have drafted C.J. Stroud instead of Bryce Young. Uh, so like we got all kinds of stuff. I got I got a question for you, Joey. Give me the odds from one to ten, with ten with one being no way in hell. 10 being highly probable, the head coach of the Chicago Bears next year is Jim Harbaugh. Ooh, wow, great question. Um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna rank it pretty high, honestly. I'm gonna probably give you about a 7.2 right now. Um, Ooh, it wow. probably would be a little bit closer. It'd be a little bit closer to a slam dunk if it wasn't for. I don't think we know the exact ramifications of what's going to come out of the sign stealing scandal uh what type of sanctions they're oh. gonna see obviously dude he's done he's what? gone like he's he's already making plans oh like no a, no a i no i understand point, like something's about to drop I, on I this i understand that i i i think that there's a difference though between if tomorrow they came out and said hey they're they're laying sanctions down on them right now and we're shutting this down and they're not going to be bowl eligible and it's all this and it's all that and they really kind of like go after him and make a big public kind of um, discovery about it. I do think mm-hmm. that can kind of hurt him a little bit. Do I really think it matters in NFL circles? I mean, Jonathan, I think this would be a great question. I'd love to hear your thought, man. Does this really matter? Does this matter to NFL players in locker rooms right now? What's going on with Jim Harbaugh? I mean, from the college to the NFL game? No. Thank you. <laughs> yep. I mean, if you look at what happened in the – look, does anybody care besides – does anybody care at the Patriots organization losing about the full game? <laughs> I mean, I no, did because no. one of those games was our Super Bowl against them. Like, I'm saying at the New England Patriots at, 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 in that establishment. Oh, they no, no, they don't give a damn. No, it's kind of like college football ain't got nothing to do with the NFL besides the players that are coming out to the league. And I kind of picture it more yeah. like a Pete Carroll situation, the way he, the way he left USC. Like the fallout happened after he was gone. Like he had already left for Seattle, and then we found out whatever was going on. Which looking yeah, back, he was like, yeah, 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 whatever. About to go to Super Bowl. So I kind of picture like that. Yeah, it's going to drag out. Harbaugh's going to leave. 
go to the Bears, who he has a history with, played for them, and then whatever they were doing will come out. But by that point, he'll be three and five in the NFC North next <laughs> year, and and you know what I mean? Like it'll be eight games in, and nobody's gonna care. Like that's what a flex yeah, gonna, gonna be five and three hundred. Nah, not yeah, yet. the only, I mean, the only two point eight, the two, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> I want, somebody come with us, please. Come down here to this 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 factory of sadness that we've created, and be. Here with us. Don't let us be here by ourselves, Joey. Please, <laughs> please come with us. Well, the only the only the, the, the two point eight that I leave out for Harbaugh right now is that you know as it stands right now, obviously the Raiders' job is going to be open again. I know that he was tied to them a little bit in the past, and then the yeah. other one just from the Bears' angle is just know. keep in Antonio mind. Antonio Pierce. Our, Pierce I, I, Antonio Pierce. But we did we we just did this with Basaccia, right? They they turned around, they made a playoff, yeah. and they canned they canned his ass the very and next listen, year. The only one is that Antonio was- Pierce is in a way different situation than the Carolina Panthers were and the Bears were. Okay, that, what's their record? Yeah, what's the Raiders' record right now? The four and five now. I think they're four and five. Oh, they th- they're yeah, they're four and five. Mark Davis they're is right paying there. out eighty million dollars yeah. to coaches that are no longer coaches of the Las Vegas Raiders, like. 80 million to two dudes <laughs> that are yeah. no longer coaches of the Raiders. Like, I don't think he's going to just I, to get Harbaugh. He'd have to pay some money, right? Like the bears yeah. seem like the best bet. Honestly, it's Kyle. You might remember this. I was hot on Jim Harbaugh when we were trying to figure out who we wanted here. I wanted yeah, Jim Harbaugh here for weeks. I was like, bring Jim Harbaugh to me, <laughs> bring him here. Like I want him yeah. to be the coach. And we just never, it never got to that point. And there was rumors. There was rumors that, he was in or he called or something. Y'all remember that? He called to find out what was the yeah. availability or something like that last year. And then he just went back to Michigan. But I, I'm just curious because he's, you know, he's attached to the Bears and all that stuff. It seems like if the Bears were interested in Harbaugh, to your point, Joey, uh, after Thursday, say the, say, <laughs> say the Panthers win on Thursday. And uh, I didn't mean to laugh at that, but <laughs> say, the, <laughs> say the Panthers win on Thursday. Better not. And then on Friday, Saturday, the fallout starts happening with your coaching staff and they appoint somebody. How, how, how would that done it? I mean, Justin Fields is probably going to be out of a job in Chicago then, right? Cause I mean, yeah. Iowa state Michigan guy, I mean, there's no way those two can coexist. Oh, uh, well, and, and on top of that too, our new <laughs> president of football operations is Kevin Warren, who's the former commissioner of the big 10. Yeah. And so, Ooh. so there's a little bit of like, I guess Kevin Warren and Jim Harbaugh don't really like each other. So I don't know. Yeah. Money talks, right. And you know, and at the end of the day, that, another little wrinkle to it all. I did want to bring this up because I thought about this. And since we're talking about coaches, I wanted to get this in here real quick. We remember the San Francisco game last year, right? With Matt rule. I I texted you guys on the way to the stadium. I said, look, this, I have this weird gut feeling Matt's going to get fired tomorrow. And it ended up happening because he got embarrassed. The whole crowd was sold out pretty much of 49er fans. Blood red in there. I'm not saying this is going to happen. It just, it kind of gets that same feeling. If, Carolina loses and loses maybe like by two scores to Chicago on Thursday, right? You're setting up for a similar situation the following week when the Cowboy fans come in and oh take over Bank of America God. Stadium. Oh, God. And you lose that game and you're one in nine. And if it's an embarrassing fashion, oh, I don't know. He's real, Ivro. Motor <laughs> head coach at that point, if that's what it is. I mean, and you know, the, the part with that though, the main difference, it felt like the players that started checking out on rule at that point, and you kind of start hearing it in their I mean, kind of, kind of, but I don't catch that with them with Frank Wright. Brian, Brian Murray just came out the other day talking about how you know he's he's but but here's the thing, Tepper doesn't care, 
Tepper doesn't care. He's going to do what he wants. Do we? But see, that's that's my point. Do we know what Tepper cares about? Yeah, we, we do you know? Do you know, Skyler? You, you, you said know. you never talked to the man. You, you, you this said, is you acted it, like you hey. acted like these Twitter folks, man. Hey, Adam Schefter said it yesterday. Adam Schefter. Adam said Schefter yesterday. don't talk to Tepper. Adam Schefter don't know either. That's the oh, ooh, you know what? That was actually something I was going to bring up on. Uh, tell him why you're mad because I, that was something that I saw people. Just because Adam Schefter said it doesn't mean he heard it from them. I think a lot of times Adam Schefter's just like putting pieces together himself. He's just like, you know what? That, that sounds I was right about something. So I'll put that out there and see what happens. And, I mean, it's not like, but I think, I think the thing that everyone understands is Tepper wants to win, right? Like he is passionate as all hell about I, winning, I, yeah, getting this that. thing. So, He's going to do whatever it takes. If that's to fire two coaches in two years to get the answer right, he's going to do it. That doesn't mean he will, mm. but that's that's the big problem is if you fire Frank Reich, you're going to have a hard time attracting a coach here because, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, there's only 32 jobs, but what coach is going to look at that track record and think, that's where I want to go? What because- free agent is going to want to sign a long-term deal here if, like, the coaching staff is constantly in flux because you're constantly hiring a guy every But, but the facts are he has fired multiple coaches in, sh- in a short amount of time. That's why he's got this label as an aggressive owner. Yeah. That's just the facts of it. That what? It doesn't matter who's, who's to actually talked to him or who he's talked to. The facts are the facts. I, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, like, Marvel like movies and all that stuff. Loki I'm watching right now and they're doing all this stuff with time travel or whatever. Don't you wish we could go back to a time point right before he let Ron Rivera go and, and be like, hold on there. Hold, you know, just hold on just a second. Why don't we let Rivera get a chance to rebuild this roster? He he's earned that right. Has he not? He's took this team to a super bowl. He's been coach of the year of the league twice. <laughs> he's had a league MVP yeah. here. He's had a defensive league MVP here. Can we give him a chance to rebuild this team before we just kind of shuttle him off and, bring in this dude from college has never coached pro before and give him $60 million. Like the whole thing sounds crazy when you say it out loud, but that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what we did. And then we gave the dude three years and three drafts to try to fix this. He never drafted a quarterback, never even tried to aggressively draft one when we could have in that little soft spot, 2020, 21, 22, he could have drafted somebody, tried to figure him out, but he's apparently on a different time path than the rest of us are. So, I just look at what we've done. It all goes back. Really, it all goes back to when Cam got that shoulder hurt from that night in Pittsburgh, from that night on. And then they lost like the rest of those games or whatever. We've ha- we have the worst win percentage in the NFL from that week of 20, I think 2018 to today. Like we have yeah. the worst win percentage in the entire league. And it all started when his shoulder got blown up by TJ Watt. And then they let Rivera go the next year because he ran out of quarterbacks. <laughs> he went through like five quarterbacks that season. Because Cam got hurt early. I don't know. That's just a question in my mind. Should we have never let Ron Rivera go? Should have just been here for all of this. Should have, could have, would have. I say yeah. that, about, I say that yep. about the 2005 Bears, about the defensive coordinator. <laughs> he, he left after he took us to the Super Bowl as defensive coordinator. We still talk about it in Chicago. Everything changed yep. after Ron Rivera left. We never went back. <sighs> yeah. And now, and now the commanders. Joey, what do you do to, <laughs> Joey, what do you do to uh, cope with uh, losing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what are your uh, mechanisms? What are you how are you getting through these weeks, Joey? Uh <laughs> that's a better that's a better question for my wife because whatever I say is probably a dirty lie here right now. Um, you know, to be to be honest with you, man, um, this is the I've I've been talking about this a little bit. This is the first time in my Chicago Bears life 
that I'm actually been rooting for losses the last year and a half. Um, because honestly, and, and that's, that's on Matt Eberflus's, um, you know, whatever Chicago bears sports tombstone. I mean, the last half of the year, right. We were rooting to get a high draft pick. We got it. And, you know, obviously the Texans helped us out on that front. We made that trade. And now this year, the wheels fell off so quickly. Um, you know, I'm the person that does like, I I used to call it, I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. It's called cubby math, right? It's like, all right, well, if Atlanta loses today and Philadelphia loses today and we, and you know what I mean? Like we can get back in it and we win seven out of eight. And, you know, I I do that all the time, but you know, the way that we fell flat on our face and played so poorly the first three games of the year, all of a sudden it was like, all right, well now we're just playing out the string. I hope Justin Fields stays healthy. Maybe he's our guy. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but yeah, in terms of coping with losses, uh, used to be thirty dollars worth of McDonald's, but I've matured. Wow! And now <laughs> I've matured, and, and I and I somehow gotten over it. I mean, I'm always going to be a Chicago Bears fan. I just don't think that this coaching staff is it. it coaching staff is it. We're just kind of playing out the string. Um, and Desmond, it's kind of funny, man. You're talking about the Marvel universe. I've also been trucking out this bit. I think the Chicago Bears are like the DC movie franchise. Where if you think about it, we've got the city of Chicago. It's like Superman. We've known it for a long time, like 80 years. We know the Chicago Bears. Got the legacy. Got the history. That's our Superman. How do you screw up these two elements for so long and then you just keep trying to get it right over and over and over again? You keep trying all these different things. Now, of course, the Nolan Batman movies maybe kind of screw up that metaphor there, but I mean, it's been it. It's been it. It was good. It was good. I, I, I like the reference. Um, I was trying to think what you said earlier about uh, elite quarterback play in Chicago because I've said on this program that yeah. When was the last time back. y'all had an elite quarterback? I was gonna say Jim McMahon, Jay Cutler, Jimmy Clausen. <laughs> no, Jimmy Cutler. Wait, wait was Cutler? I mean, Cutler Eric. Eric, we, we've never had we've never had a four thousand yard passer. We've never had a passer throw for over thirty touchdowns. It's Jim McMahon. Um, Eric Kramer is our all time leader with twenty eight, and I believe nineteen ninety seven or nineteen ninety eight. Uh, you know, we got sexy Rexy for you know a four game heater the year we went to the Super Bowl. We kind of liked Kyle Orton is, for a little bit. No, no, no. And this is a team that could have had what Deshaun Watson or Mahomes, right? Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, I mean draft? to be very to be very fair, like no one was saying, Mahomes. but no one was. Yeah, no one knew right? Mahomes. Yeah, yeah at all. Mahomes was when they traded up. When they traded up from three to two. And the 49ers took Solomon Thomas. We all kind of shook our hands and we said, well, it's Deshaun Watson, national champion, guy went to Clemson. Um, oh, yeah, the, Deshaun Watson was probably more realistic. That's when you picked Sliding, Trubisky. Was. And that's when we took Trubisky. And we were like, wait, what? Sorry. And the next year, the Giants, the Giants took Daniel Jones like fifth from Duke. And we were like, all right, well, maybe we're not the only idiots here <laughs> yeah i'm a unc fan as soon as i saw that happen i was just like mitch trubisky's only had 11 starts in his career yeah. <laughs> like ever and like then, how did he get number two overall pick like what are the bears doing maybe they know something we don't and, know turns out no. and then i have it on i have it on good authority that within the organization that there was a deal in place the chicago bears were going to trade three first round picks or two first round picks roquan smith and a couple second round picks for russell wilson a couple years ago um oh at the last God. second uh, Schneider said that. no. Yeah, that would have that's real. Your that, was, that was real. Pace, <laughs> Ryan Pace was desperate. And, ooh, I've said it. Yeah. Chicago's where quarterback careers go to die. That, I've said that on the show multiple times, and I don't say it to be mean. I'm, we're not even in your division. I just you think it's got to be the. I think it's got to be the field. 
I think it's the win. Feels terrible, right? Yeah. It's the win. It's the win. It's gotta be something about that stadium. When I played there once, man, I remember. Well, just actually, just watching film, it looks different than mm. all the other stadiums. Is it great? Because there's like this. Like, where's the suites? Like, is there any suites in that place? I don't know. <laughs> like, it might, but it might seem like it's like very like. I don't know. Kind of like a. Uh, like when we played there, the grass was muddy. It was just like, I don't know. It was just it, it just felt very eerie. So you'll have I'm natural playing. grass on the ground, right? It's not turf. It didn't sound right for the bears. No, it's turf. the no, it, it's no, it's not turf. It it is. It's I don't even know what they call it now. What they use, but it's the Chicago Bears do not own the field. Uh, the Chicago Park District owns the yeah. field, and they're in control of it. So the Bears aren't even in control of the making up of their own field, which is what when you wow. get into this whole like, well, the Bears <laughs> move to Arlington Heights kind of thing. Yeah, it's city of Chicago, baby. That is nuts. Um. So uh, we, we well we're at the end of it here. Uh, I said it was gonna be condensed. It's about the exact amount of time we always are on uh, <laughs> every week. Uh, give us your prediction, Joey. What do you think is gonna happen here? Because on one hand, you're in the same boat as us, but you've made some points where you've got some things we don't like. Our wide receiver, DJ Moore. Like you've got things that we don't have. What do you think is gonna happen Thursday night? Short turnaround. Both teams uh, kind of reeling. Carolina is one and seven. The Bears are two and seven. The Bears are one and three at home. But the Panthers are 0-4 uh, away from home. So something's got to give here. Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, forgive me for playing both sides. It just comes down to which quarterback plays for the Chicago Bears. I mean, like if if, if Fields plays, I'm probably going to go with something along the lines of a 24-20. to 20. Um, Look, man, our defense is not very good. Um, if you're looking for maybe some bright spots or for Bryce Young to have a couple of good stretches in this game, uh, great opponent to play against. Um, I think it's going to be a close game no matter what. So I'm going to go 24-20 Bears win if Justin Fields starts. If it is Tyson Bajan, I mean, just stretch your hamstrings because we're getting a kickoff, baby. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm thinking more of like, I honestly, 16-13, something. I, I just I can't, I can't gin up optimism and shine this turd enough to say that it might be an ugly night for Thursday Night Football, and uh, I feel bad for Al Michaels. That'll be a classic. Coming yeah, up. Al, love it. Yeah, love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they yeah, give that's what I got. Games on Thursday nights, uh, but it could turn into a class. It could be a good one, uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we don't have any players. <laughs> that's our main problem. We're running out of road and we're running out of bodies. Like all of our dudes are hurt. Like the main dudes, like our starters. Like we don't, we don't. I don't feel like if we had our full allotment of players, like that we had week one, quarter one, that we would be in the same position. I think we would be more of a five hundred type of team. Because we've been in most of these games. The only ones we really weren't was at Miami, at Detroit. And those are two teams that might end up in the Super Bowl before the year is over with. So uh, the rest of them were all kind of tight, rock fight type games. Everybody here last week, you all were picking the Panthers and uh, Colts to score 30 plus points uh, in the predictions. I was like, I don't know how y'all are getting, <laughs> like, how are y'all getting the 30 points with this team? Like, I think we've only done it once all year. Have we? Have we scored 30 points this year? No, 27. No, 27. So, I think again, it'll be another rock fight. All these games have been rock fights. If the Panthers are in town, they just they pick up rocks on the way in and they just start throwing rocks when they get here. And it's going to be sloppy. You don't know what Carolina, Carolina might take the opening drive, eighty yards for a touchdown. They might go three and out. Like it just you don't really you know, know. You know, if you if you're Chicago, maybe a tie is a good thing because you're not getting a win. You're not you're not screwing up your draft position, and Ooh. Carolina's not getting a win tell, either. Tell me more. 
Chicago rooting for a tie this week. Was he shining the turd? <laughs> Have we gotten to a point, fellas, where we're rooting for the Panthers just to get a tie? <laughs> we, we just get a nah, tie. I don't Carolina has tie. to win. There's no reward for losing right now. There really isn't. We're helping you. We're helping the Bears. Yeah. If, if we lose that's why you, we that's why we have to win. Must win. There must it win is for the Bears. Or must tie. Or must tie. <laughs> so oh my God. We gotta get the whole half a season. <laughs> we still got a half a season left to try to figure this out. And for us, for me, Stu and Skyler, again, it's gonna get to the point where we're gonna automatically start shifting towards the draft. And we don't have a first round pick. And we don't want to be those ones that are all stuck on not having a first round pick. We talked about it last week. But it kind of takes the fun out of, well, who do we need? <laughs> like, what are we supposed to be looking at here in the first round? Because everything after the first, I don't know, 12 picks, 13 picks, kind of becomes a crap shoot. Yeah, like you don't really know for sure until you get them out there who's a dog and who isn't at this level. Top 10, you can kind of figure out who the top 10 kids coming out each year are uh, talent-wise. They're just above everybody else. So the Bears, you guys are going to get clearly two really good players coming in next year. Uh, I'll leave it with this. Are you good with Justin Fields or would you rather have uh, – your boy at USC, uh, Caleb Williams, or Drake May at UNC. I still, I still believe in Justin Fields. I really do. But like, if you're asking me what happens right now, I think he's like an Atlanta Falcon next year. I think he can have success in the NFL. Which one? Um, Caleb but, Williams or, or Drake May? Probably. No, oh, Justin Fields. Fields. I, I'm, I'm just saying. I just don't. I, I don't think. He, I don't think he's a bear next year. Is what I'm saying. That I, I uh, like okay. Justin Fields and. Based on that prediction, has nothing to do with how I feel one way or another about him as a player. Um, is he inconsistent? Yeah, but I mean, everything else is like is is right there. Um, and look, man, if you're looking around at the NFL right now, just look at all the quarterbacks that we've lost over the last three or four years. I mean, I, let's be. I mean, I'll just Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, losing Matt Stafford, losing Matt Ryan. I mean, there's been a lot of quality at the quarterback position that we've lost and we've kind of seen it this year of course there's still always gonna be those elite four or five guys but if you're telling me justin fields can't be in that six to ten number in the next couple of years as things move over i mean i don't see a ton of incredible rising stars at this point right now i mean i'd like to say like look cj stroud he had a great game all right well let's let's play this out a little bit right so i think justin fields can have plenty of success in the nfl um does he do in a chicago bears uniform at this point i don't see it right so um we're gonna play it out and see how it goes if you get the number one pick in the nfl draft two years in a row and you don't take a quarterback i mean i don't know what does that say right you mean what are we gonna do trade it again you know you know so at that point you're probably gonna be forced to say find your guy pick your guy reset your qb clock and do it all over again uh you're not gonna punt on the number one pick two years in a row and not take a qb so uh, we'll see what happens, but you know, talk- it's a crazy, it's a crazy season in the NFL, right? You never know. We could end up with the third pick and the fifth pick, and all of a sudden, maybe we're looking at Marvin Harrison and then a top offensive lineman. You keep oh. Dustin and maybe see what happens, right? <laughs> Who knows what happens there? Um, so I'm, I'm kind of willing to let it play out a little bit. I, I still, I still believe in Justin and hope he plays as much as possible to finish the year to help, you know, give us a little bit more of an idea. I like that idea of him in Georgia, uh, uh, Atlanta, because he's from Georgia. People forget when uh, he came out of high school, him and Trevor Lawrence were 1A and 1B in terms of high school quarterback rankings when they came out. They were pretty much yeah. dead heat in terms of what they were. I want to say that uh, both were rated higher than Caleb Williams and Drake May uh, coming out of high school as well. So, And Caleb Williams already won a Heisman. He's heard his case the past couple of weeks with random things, but 
I don't know if I would draft him. I would. I personally would take Bryce Young before either one of them at this point still. Um, but yeah, I don't like Drake May. You don't like Drake May? Why don't you like Drake? What's Ooh. wrong with Drake May? He ain't got the killer instinct. Mm, that's mm, you know I what? I forgot who they lost to, <laughs> but I forgot who they I forgot who they lost to, but they shouldn't have lost. Oh, that was a and game was, I watched two weeks ago, probably. Uh Virginia, Virginia and Georgia Tech. Yeah. And, and yeah, we, real, real quick, it was Virginia, though. Virginia. They were at home against Virginia and they were 24 yeah. favorites and lost that game. Um, I watched that game. <laughs> where where are you at on uh where you at on Penix? Where you at on Penix? I like Penix. I gotta, I gotta see him. I gotta see him play the Oregon Ducks again, and, and then I'll okay. give you my evaluation. Uh, um, okay. But I, li- I like Penix. I like his, I like his mental. Um, you know, his, everything that he's able to overcome to be where he is now, like just injury wise. Um, so I, I like that about him. Like he's got a good mental, mental about him. And and like the killer instinct vibe, right? Like if I need to go out there and do something, I can do. I'll go out there and do it. And y'all just get on my back. Um, I do, and I think what they're going through right now is a little bit of, you know, teams are catching on to who they are as a as a unit right now. So kind of similar to USC, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, defense is exposed. Okay, well. We'll just, you know, score a lot <laughs> and just go into this game and score and make him have to score more than we do. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what's going on with Caleb Williams. Um, you know, Drake May, like, I feel like in college, if you're a quarterback in college, you set yourself apart from everyone else by being dominant, no matter what the situation mm-hmm. is. And you've seen Bryce Young. You've seen um, – look at Cam Newton. I, I Like, Cam Newton is the best college quarterback to ever walk the face of the earth. Everyone can say Tim Tebow all they want, but I don't think there's one player on the Auburn's off, on Auburn's offense that took a snap in the NFL. The year they won the championship. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the running back, maybe no, I don't think he did either. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's a case where Hmm. he was the very best player in the entire world that day or that year, as far as college, right? Yeah, I'm having Um, and and the, the killer instinct to win games and take over games despite the situation. That's what I look for when it comes to the quarterback position because after playing in the league and playing with Cam, like that's a that's a type of mindset you want in your huddle. You want that mindset that says, "Hey, we about to go down here and win this game." And when the words that and when those words come out of that person's mouth, you believe it and you get juiced about it. You can be down twenty one points in the fourth quarter, but you out there playing with the belief that you about to go out there and win the game. And Do so, you believe? Drake May, <laughs> if you listening, you got to make it happen, Cap. <laughs> got to get a little more feisty in the huddle, buddy. Come on, come on, buddy. Uh, we got to we got to get out of here. That that's actually a good uh, topic for a future episode. Best college quarterback 
of all time because Cam is up there for sure. I can't think off the top of my head right now anybody I put above him in terms of what he did that year. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. We'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll put a couple of bleed posts on there too and do something like that because Lord knows we're going to have some free time to talk about some other things besides the Carolina Panthers over the next couple of months. So we'll fill in some uh, commentary and some content with things like that. Hey, man, shout forward. out to Antonio Pierce, man. Hold it down, baby. Go, <laughs> go undefeated for the rest of the year, man. Um, my, my, even my, then, my, it's not guaranteed. I'm number my Uno numero uh, team is Panthers, but my second team is the Oakland Raiders and or no, not the Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, Antonio Pierce. All right, okay. Well, Joey, uh, make it happen. Believe in Bears co-host. Hey, appreciate you coming through. We gotta get out of here. I told you guys I'd give you the the info for this game: Panthers, Bears, Amazon Prime Video. It's Thursday, November the ninth, eight fifteen kickoff. So. Uh, if you don't have it, go in there and get the free 30-day trial or whatever for Amazon Prime. And you got it anyway, because all y'all are ordering Christmas gifts are early already. So you already got Amazon Prime. Just go ahead and put it on your computer and or your TV and watch it. And maybe we'll be back Tuesday talking about a Panther win. So cross your fingers. Uh better uh believe in Panthers uh, brought to you by Bet Online, powered by the Believe Podcast Networks. We are out of here. You can catch us on all major podcast platforms. You can catch the video each week on youtube.com forward slash at tobacco road sports radio. Go follow us on our Twitters and our Facebooks and all that good stuff. Uh just type in Believe in Panthers or Believe in Carolina Panthers. You'll find our stream for Scott Callahan, for Jonathan Stewart, for Joey Christopoulos. I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on Believe Podcast Networks. Keep adding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.